Hello and welcome to Tailoring It podcast number eight. I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall. Is probably how many people, or probably many people's reaction um, when they've tried communicating internally to internal stakeholders, colleagues, peers, line managers, direct reports. And what I'm really keen to find out is why. Why is it that, that on many, many occasions our internal communications within our companies, within our organisations, fail? Why do they fall over? What's wrong with them? How can we enhance them? In order to answer, in order to help me answer this age-old question, I'm joined today by Kate Graham. Good morning, Kate. Morning. And James McCookie. Good morning, James. Hi, Craig. Hello there. And uh, for listeners that aren't aware of who you are and what it is that you do and where you work and what role you're involved in, I just wonder if you could uh, very briefly outline and introduce yourself, Kate. Yep, I'm the head of marketing for Redtray and the blended learning provider. So obviously this is a subject very close to my heart as it's talking to the L&D world, but obviously encompasses my day-to-day role of marketing. And yourself, James? Uh, I'm Learning Engagement Manager for um, Eden Tree by Good Practice. We are a resource bank uh, providing tools and resources for the L&D community. Uh, my job is to be as engaging as possible, basically, which is uh, sometimes a stretch, but um, I do do my best. So, <laughs> You've got the good work. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously, whoever's listening to this, you've either stumbled upon my blog or you've been directed there by my personal marketing campaign that's going on at the moment. Um, but what's my involvement in this? Why am I talking about communication? Surely I, I'm learning and development focused, aren't I? Well, I am. Uh, not as much as I was a few months ago. because I recently moved into an internal PR and communications team from the learning and development team. But what I spotted before I moved across, and it was quite some time before I moved across, is how powerful and how effective marketing the your product internally within your organization can be if you get the right help and advice and tools and have the right campaign in mind. And an example I often recount to people is that in the lead up to us launching our internal e-learning opening platform in November 2009, we actually had about six weeks worth of publicity running up to that, including poster campaigns around the site, and we even adopted a Big Brother type of sting campaign. Um, listeners might remember back to Big Brother in the, in the run-up to each series starting on Channel 4. There just used to be that flashing Big Brother eye symbol on the screen for a split second and it was gone again. And then as the series got closer and closer, the music, the beats of the Big Brother music then started to be played. And we, had, we took that approach using our internal TV screens that we've got around the site. And then it led to quite a lot of engagement and a lot of people were sort of asking about the campaign and what it was all about. And it built up to a bit of a crescendo with it being launched. So really what I've spotted is that if you've got a good communications tool, a good communications initiative, a good communications platform, actually what you've also got is a fantastic learning tool, a fantastic platform, a fantastic learning campaign. It's just a case of being able to recognise what your internal organisation might be able to offer and make best use of it. So uh, Kate and James, what are your thoughts on on using comms within your organisations for whatever purpose? What are your experiences, good, bad and indifferent? Do you want to start, James? I don't mind starting. Uh, Well, we're quite a small organisation, so it's probably quite important to, to highlight that, but there's only about 20 of us. 
but but within that, I mean, we've got some guys who work from home a lot. Um, some are based down south. I mean, our main office is actually based in Edinburgh. Um, we've staff who are out in client visits and client meetings. Um, so I mean, our, our needs are mostly around communication and, and collaboration, which I would suspect is fairly typical of most organisations, regardless of, of what the size is. Um, We've actually implemented um, a couple of tools in the last couple of years um, to really help us to, to work together a bit more effectively. Um, one of which is Yammer and the other one is Wikis. Um, now, because we're an online company, um, we, we do have a natural interest in, in online technology anyway. And the main reason, for example, we tried Yammer was because we heard about it uh, and we wanted to kind of, you know, see you know, how, how it worked. And it just so happens it's a tool that, that worked really well for us. Uh, we've tried other things in the past that haven't worked quite so well. Um, SharePoint is one which we haven't abandoned, um, but you know we we it's probably not taken off as much as it probably should have done. Uh, I mean, you were mentioning intranets in your intro there, Craig, and when we first um, bought SharePoint, the whole idea was we, we launched it with a great flourish that it was going to be our equivalent of a, of an intranet, um, and it's not quite worked out like that. So th th there's certainly lessons to be learned there, but I mean. Your points are about you know communication um, being being the key to all this is you know I'd, I'd absolutely agree with that and I think that's you know fairly typical of any organisation if they're a small one like us or or a larger one I mean I've worked in large organisations and uh, you know the, the communications was even when they had in communications internal comms departments were you know some, sometimes it was fairly dreadful uh, like you know the hand didn't know what the you know what the the backside was doing so it's um, it we, we have to kind of you know you know, it, it certainly is something that is fundamental, I think, to, to the success of any organisation. You have to talk to each other, definitely. So you're having some good success with Yammer then. Now, I must admit, I've known about Yammer for some time. When I first heard about it, about a year, maybe a little longer than that, I really did think this is a great opportunity, a fantastic opportunity for us to use an internal type Twitter because Twitter is blocked in our organisation at the moment and will probably always remain so. And I thought, to myself, mm. you know, what Yammer markets itself or did market itself as being a, a secure type Twitter. But what I actually discovered was their idea of secure and my IT security officer's idea of secure, two very different things. It still sits outside of a company's protection in terms of a firewall. So you can invite members in and you can verify from their email address and things, but the content, the, the correspondence, the conversation that's taking place is still sat behind, still sat outside of a firewall. So it's it's technically not secure from an IT perspective. And that was one of the um, one of the reasons that we didn't we couldn't progress down the Yammer route either, neither the Twitter route. So um, and obviously that's because of the, the context of the conversations that my organisation might be having. Other organisations may not have that level of, of nervousness around them. So, and as you've quite, you know, as you've admirably spotted, you know, you're having some great success with the amateur. So I hope that continues, James. Mm. Well, I mean, it's, it's quite funny how it's how it's worked out. I mean, what we did with it was it was initially it was just one team that used it to to talk to each other, but it was one of these things that you know once you know the rest of the company were saying, oh, you've got a new toy, we want it too. Uh, and we're, we're quite lucky, actually. Our, our chief executive and, uh, and and the director team, 
they're very open to new ideas. You know, if someone just said, look, I've got an idea to do something, they're very happy for us to, to run with it. There's not that kind of um, scared attitude that some organisations have about, as you talked about, um, conversations happening uh, that are then stored on a, on a third-party server or, or what have you. Yeah. I mean, we, we're completely encouraged to be, I mean, it's actually part of my job description to really get, you know, stuck into social media and really kind of, you know, promote myself on Twitter and promote the company on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, you know, a Yammer groups, etc., etc. So that I'm very, I'm very, sorry. You jammy bugger. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am very lucky from my perspective, and and I do know that. I mean, I, I speak to people constantly that say, you know, we've even got Facebook banned in our organisation, which is, I, you know, we could we. That's a whole other podcast that we, we could we could talk about how dreadful uh, and how backward thinking that is. <laughs> but, but what happened with us with Yammer was um, it's it's all kind of developed quite organically. Um, it was a tool that was rolled out. Um, there was no protocol, no guidelines for how it was going to be used. But what's happened with it is people use it uh, primarily to, to celebrate success. So uh, if someone has got um, has had a great sales meeting or they've landed a deal, uh, one of our editors has had an interview with um, a leading thinker confirmed, uh, stuff like that, or if someone's found a link and thought, this is really interesting, we should all be reading this. That's kind of how it's evolved. But no one sat down and said, right, okay, we're using Yammer for this. It's just how it's kind of worked out. Um, so, I mean, it's been interesting, just from a you know a, a, an observational perspective, it's been really interesting how, how that's panned out. So people still use emails, obviously, for the, the really meaty communication, but for just the quick wins, um, it's Yama's the place that most people go to now. So it's been that, that's been really, really positive for us. Good. What about yourself, Kate? Are you using any, any sort of micro-blogging tools or are, you, are all your conversations taking place in Twitter? Um, no, although we are, we do, as you know, we do have a uh, a Twitter presence across uh, the company, and that that's growing all the time, which I think is great. And who's responsible um, for that growth? Pardon? And who's responsible for that growth, if I may ask? <laughs> uh, that'll be me and my uh, my soapbox, um, I'm afraid. Um, but the, the the sort of the adoption of that, the enthusiastic adoption of that across certain parts of the company has been really great. Um, I mean, we're quite lucky in the fact that we use our Alto LMS as our intranet. So obviously that has a lot of features and functionality that perhaps SharePoint, which I've used in the past as an intranet, is, is perhaps lacking. Um, so you do have sort of forums. You do have the ability for each department to have a home page. Yeah. Um, so the first port of call really is Redspace. That's, that's what we call it. Um, for kind of formal communication. The homepage there is, is updated all the time by my good self, um, and that tends to be good news stories. Um, it could be something like us raising money for comic relief last week, or it could be uh, winning an award, or it could be a new client win. Yeah. So generally good news. Um, but that is that remains sort of more formal. Um, we are split across a number of sites and a number of countries. Um, so Skype is just... The lifeblood really of, of the company i mean everybody has skype and everybody uses it every day i mean i i, I almost don't know where we'd be without it um it, it whether or not that's conversations or whether or not it's just quick text chats yeah. to uh, yeah. to clear things up or answer questions really reduces the volume of email which i think is just really important um in this day and age and and that's really great because we've been allowed to use that in a fairly informal way um, and it, it, it really helps I feel uh, sort of because we are so split you do need that really 
Um, so there's lots of things I kind of want to do. I've introduced um, an internal newsletter, which sounds quite formal. Um, but what I've um, one of the parallels for me with L and D and marketing or, or comms is in L and D we we recognise really that that kind of trickle down effect of learning doesn't really work that well in terms of training one person and expecting them to train everybody else. But in comms, it seems as though it's acceptable to tell a manager or a team leader and then just expect yes. that patient to trickle down. Yeah. And that isn't something that, I, in my experience, works very well. It doesn't work well in learning and it certainly doesn't well work well in comms. What do you find the problems are with that? I mean, I've got my concerns over that, that trickle down approach. But what, what are your experiences of where, where are the pitfalls with, with taking that approach? It very much depends on the individual manager. Um, some of them won't even remember to tell their team. Some of them will tell a couple of members of their team. Some of them will have a team that's geographically dispersed. Um, so I think, and it's Chinese whispers. Yeah, I think that's the thing for me is we don't have, you know, even if the, the team is co-located, even if the manager remembers to have the briefing in the first place, even if the manager remembers what they're meant to be seeing in the briefing, there's that problem I find of the dilution of the content. You, you, you never, ever replicate it. I find 100% as yep. it was passed to you. And obviously, the more the more links in the chain, as you've quite rightly used the great analogy of Chinese whispers, and you know, it's nothing like the original message was intended. Yeah. And I mean, so what, so what I've started doing is actually we have the exact team here. Um, and once a month I ask them all for contributions of what they'd like to, if they have any good news stories, um, and we get an update on you know, business as a whole from our chairman, um, and I actually put that into an internal newsletter and send that out to people. Um, so they also receive, everyone internally receives a copy of the external newsletter that goes out, so we can see what we're talking to the market about, but also now there's kind of individual pats on the back, um, and specific messages where everybody has access to that and a copy of that goes on the internet. So even if they delete the, um, the email, then they can, they can get it via Redspace. So it's just, although that is more formal, it's just a way of, of making sure that the messages get captured and then relayed accurately, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we, we have an internet on our, on our site. It's a fairly newly introduced internet, but please, whatever you do, don't make the assumption that because it's newly introduced, it's got great functionality. Um, mm -hmm. We purchased, I have no idea why, a bespoke built intranet to be implemented. Um, that brought that brings and has brought and will continue to bring several challenges with getting one that was bespoke built for us as opposed to getting one off the shelf. The, the, the key thing for me, whether it was open source or off the shelf or bespoke built, it, the key thing for me is the functionality that sits with an intranet, and you've already you have already listed a number of things um, that mine doesn't have, and you've not even seen it. It's what I would call Web 1.0. It's a number of people around the business that the, the chosen few can create content, can put it on the internet, and can push it out. The ability for anybody else to do that is is nil to zero. The ability for anybody to interact with that content, which I think is, in, is critical, is, is zero. There are no forums, there's no ratings, there's no commenting functions, there's no ability for people to set up their own discussion groups and, and, and use it as, a, as an informal learning platform. It is very, very traditional web-based 
pushing content onto people. I've been looking at a product recently from a, um, a company actually in, in Cheshire, uh, just down the road from me really, called Interact Intranet. And they've got some, they've got a really, really exciting product that I've been fortunate that they've given me a three month test window of. And in fact, they, they'll give that to anybody, that three month window. And it's, it, you know, it's an absolutely mind blowing tool in terms of what I've currently got. I, I'm sure if we aligned it against some of your internet, it would, it would probably just, you know, match up. But in terms of where we are now, it's a really, really exciting tool. And I think one that, that turns a communication into a conversation. So rather than it being pushing content, it's promoting discussion, not just pushing content onto people. And I think um, I was watching a video with Peter Butler in the other day from BT uh, talking about their Dare to Share project. And, and he said the actual learning we found is taking place not around people watching the video, the actual majority of learning is taking place in the conversations about the video upload. And that's where the learning and the questions are being answered and the comments are being raised. So um, mm. we're a little behind the curve with our, uh, <laughs> you know, we're making progress to try, and, you know, to try and update it. I wouldn't worry too much about that, Craig, because I mean, I've worked for two um, fairly large organizations in the last seven years and uh, their internets were both absolutely woeful. Um, it was exactly what you said. It was content being pushed to people. Um, their idea of interactivity was a, a letter from the, the chief executive on the front page. Uh, that was their idea of them talking to the to the organizations. And those letters were never updated. There was the same picture and the same face constantly. Um, and I know in both um, organizations, there was talk of completely revamping the internets. But to my knowledge, it hasn't happened in, in either company. Um, so, I mean, it's quite interesting because we all, you know, we're obviously very engaged in, in online technology and in comms technology. And we, so we'll read things like, you know, the, the new social learning and, you know, how you, you yeah. hear about organizations that are doing wonderful things with their internet and networking sites. But that's still very much, in my experience, that's still very much, you know, um, it's it, they're the exception to the rule. You know, a lot of organizations are still stuck back in the, you know, this is the very static content-led intranets. And, you know, you have to go through a department to upload stuff and very few people have got access to, to change content. So, I mean, it is definitely it's shifting, uh, but, you know, I think we've still got a long way to go yet. And do you think, Kate, do you think the reasons be behind that being organizations being stuck where they are i personally i i doubt that it's a lack of knowing that something better can can be done because if we, if we step outside of work and go on any modern website you know ebay you you, you, you know amazon any decent web, you can see that level of interactivity is built into it as standard is it is that the reason that some organizations are standing still or is it, the, is it the T word? Is it the trust that you've then given people to basically say pretty much what they want in a in a 100% company-wide forum? Um, or are there any other reasons why companies are where they are and that, you know, they're not moving forward? I personally, I personally feel that trust doesn't come into it internally. Um, maybe that's just my experience, but I, I feel that it can be a lot to do with where internal comms sits. Um, so who has responsibility for it? And again, there's another parallel with the L&D world there in terms of learning can sit with many different roles um, in many different departments, really. Um, and often internal comms is bundled in um, with, a, with a different job role. So yes, some big organisations might have 
kind of internal comms teams. But, you know, a lot of companies uh, like, like myself, I mean, I head up the marketing and, and we're responsible for both internal and external comms. Um, and I think sometimes it's just not made a priority if you're um, working in um, a, a company where there's stretched resources or, or limited resources, the external comms will always win. Yeah. Um, and you know, internal comms can just wait. So it's 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 the priority from the very top, and it's also where it sits and where the ownership is. I think partly. Uh, I think if somebody was given, you know, the time and probably the budget might come into it as well. Um, you know, I'm sure they would look at Facebook and think, well, why the hell aren't we doing something like that internally? Um, but I think often it's just not a priority. And, and we had this conversation offline the other day about compliance. It's one of those things that nobody really wants to stick their hands up and own it um, right. because everybody will have an opinion. Everybody across the company will have an opinion about internal comms. Oh, that newsletter's not doesn't look very good. Yeah. The internet, you know, the internet's rubbish. Everyone's got an opinion, but nobody really wants to put their hand up and and own it per se so it's one of those is it not a poison chalice that's a bit strong but you know i still think it's one of those things that nobody is is forming an orderly queue to uh, have ownership of i just want i want to bring out one more what what i think i would call a modern communication tool and then i want to sort of take us back to perhaps looking at some of the things that we've probably had for a long time and, and might have actually overlooked in terms of what they can really do so the one last sort of piece of, of modern he's saying uh, in inverted commas that, that doesn't work on radio um is video is anybody using video for their internal comms or video footage or film footage in any way uh we are not uh it's funny to say that actually we just our editors just went through a, a video workshop uh yesterday um the the idea is that it's not for internal comms it's for um you know interviewing uh you know leading thinkers and interesting people so we can put on the website but I think as they find their feet with it and uh, and want to engage with that then we might actually use it for some inter- some internal comms um, but certainly it's not some, it's, it's something we're, we've really just started to look at so uh, watch this space okay, I'm watching <laughs> and yeah I mean I'm, I'm armed with a flip cam and and I'm similar to James really in terms of the majority of the videos we do are, are external facing uh, kind of case study type videos which which do get shared uh, across the company internally as, as well as externally um but it's something you know we took a silly example but sort of red nose day last week you know it's perfect opportunity to just make a little video and take some photos and actually you know kind of share that across the business so it's something that I'm keen to do more of and we're very fortunate that obviously with being an e-learning company we have the ability to edit all of that in-house so it's not something we do huge amount of at the moment but it's, it's definitely on my radar. So you say you're armed but are you dangerous? <laughs> most definitely. Right, I'll, I'll the most unflattering angle I can. I shall make sure the puts us on a different table than the next ELN event. <laughs> distance. Um, we're using com. We're using video for our for our internal comms. Um, one in rather internal or is it external? When I moved roles, I was I was keen to get across to my new role as as quickly as I could. But I was also very keen that that I use the skill set that I've developed to actually help the person that was coming in to replace me. So what I did was I sat down on probably I don't know maybe ten to fifteen occasions with my flip camera on a little tripod, pointed it at myself. And talked for, I think the maximum was maybe eight minutes, 
about a project that I'd been involved in that I knew was going to impact her when she arrived in her role. It, it, you know, it wasn't completed. It wasn't business as usual. Any loose threads that had been left. I explained to her about how as an organisation we'd moved over three or four years from a, a training culture to a learning culture. And I placed all of these clips on a departmental YouTube page that I set up from scratch and then directed her before she started in the company to actually have a go and have a look at those videos in, in the hope that you know it would be some form of, of pre-induction portal for her. So you know she still wouldn't arrive, hit the ground running, but at, at least she might be upright when she hit the ground, as opposed to having to do all of that, you know, up, you know, all of that on, on the day. We've also using video uh, definitely internally. We're, we're extremely fortunate that our PR and Commons manager for our site. He, comes from that background. He's not grown up in our industry. He comes from an external PR background, an agency. And he's very forward thinking with the way that he wants to use technology to enhance his comms. So we've got dotted around the site, I would say in the region of maybe 15 big info screens, big widescreen type TVs that are then all pick their information up from an internal server. And he puts onto that server um, text-based information, poster type campaigns, but it's also riddled and, and replaced every week with some um, interviews, some video footage, either of external PR campaigns, um, ch charity campaigns we've been involved in, interviews with key stakeholders, new starters, project leads that you're know, talking about what the project's about. And it's been extremely, extremely successful to the degree that actually the other sites of our group around the world have also picked up on this and are starting to introduce these info screens to record the video, you know, to, to publish the video through. So we don't have an internal YouTube. We've, we've got an internal BBC, which I'm, I'm sure my uh, my gaffer will be pleased to hear me call it that. So that's how we're using video internally and internally slash externally. Text messages. We've all got a mobile phone. Most people have a mobile phone now. Most people, most people have a mobile phone. Not everybody is on Twitter though. Not everybody is into the social media. So um, I've often felt that that by excluding the benefits of text messaging, we might be, we probably are excluding those people who, who don't access social media but do have a mobile phone capable of accepting text messages. So is text messages anything that your organisation has dealt with in the past, considered dealing with? Uh, we uh, most of our text messaging goes through Yammer now. Actually, um, when we send messages to each other, because you, you can have a, um, a a Yammer app on your on, on your smartphone, um, so most of our, our messaging basically go, goes through that. Um, because and as it goes back to we've got some people who are out on the road quite often, or um, or, or are stuck in a client meeting that's been delayed, so they they'll, they'll perhaps update Yammer or they'll, they'll reply to someone on Yammer. Um, using using that app, so um, that that's tends to be how, how we would use text messaging. Right. Okay. It, it, it's something that I've considered. Um, the challenge that we've got is that not everybody has a has a company mobile, um, and there's been some debate internally as to whether it's appropriate to text people on their you know on their personal mobiles. Okay. It's not a work related device, um, and you know maybe they don't want to receive text messages from work I have a work phone um, so that's fine but there is a large majority of people who don't so we, we haven't really resolved that one yet but we have had the conversation because 
it is a great way to get through to people and they're not like emails in terms of they don't really get ignored everybody will check their phone if they get a text yeah. <laughs> oh sorry King, i think i've misunderstood it you, you talk about pure sms messages then yeah well, Just I, the... I, I was but it's interesting to hear that that yammer has the ability to to integrate with with twit with their text messaging as well um we do we, we still send kind of the, the box standard text messages to each other, uh, obviously kind of personal messages between each other, but that, that still happens. Um, not not amazingly frequently, that certainly not from my perspective. Um, you know, myself and my, my immediate director will send text messages to each other if we're not um, in the office. Um, but we're both quite, you know, uh, gobby, so it tends to be what we'll do is we'll do it via email as opposed to text messages because there's generally quite a lot to say. So um, we'll do it that way and then just send a, a, an email via, via our phones. But, I mean, text messaging does happen, you know, um, every so often. Um, but in terms of communication, it tends to be more if people are organising meetings between each other I think that's probably the most frequent use of text messaging in, a, in our organisation. Um, we, we we faced with a challenge about 12 to 18 months ago where a growing number of learning activities were having to be cancelled. We went through a really bad period of IT was letting us down and external vendors were letting us down. And because we work on a shift basis in our organisation, people were coming in sometimes off shift to an event that had that was being cancelled or had just been cancelled or perhaps been cancelled the evening before. And obviously when that happens, then overtime starts to be accrued. So we looked into the ability to be able to text message people um, on, on only certain matters to tell them that the event had either been cancelled or that the location of the event had actually been relocated somewhere due to perhaps an IT problem or a leaky roof or something like that. We, we went down a process of looking at using text messaging based upon the feedback that we got from the business. We came out with a solution which was um, from a company called Smiles, S-M-Y-L-E-S, and they've got some fantastic publicity about two years ago in Yorkshire when a lot of the you know, heavy, heavy snowfall had closed a lot of schools, and schools had been using this to let parents know, um, you know instantaneously about any school changes. The rather unfortunate thing was that despite an incredible amount of people complaining that we weren't informing them in good time, an incredibly small amount of people came back and said, yes, I'd be willing to receive a text message just for these two occurrences, nothing else. Don't text me about anything else. Don't hit me with a new update for the internet. Just hit me with these two text messages. Um, and that was an agreement that we reached with the unions about that. Um, incredibly small, incredibly small percentage of people came back and said, I'd be willing to receive a text message from that. So I think what, what Kate's referred to, the fact that there's, um, there may not have been that level of reservations everybody had of company phone, even though we'd agreed that it would only be these two text messages you'd receive, there was mm. still that either indifference or that reluctance to, to receive communications on a personal device. Well, that's interesting, going back to what you were talking about, trust, about your know, organisations trusting the employees um, with you know, communication tools. It's almost suggesting there that that trust is, that that's an issue both ways then, because, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, fair enough, you can text me about this stuff, but there's that fear then that you'll get all these texts about th an abundance of texts that you just don't want to receive. So uh, there's possibly issues there on both sides to ex explore before that, you know, this, this becomes a 
a commonplace thing. Yeah, and even though there'd been that assurance and it had been underwritten, if you like, by the unions, that these are just going to be the two text messages you receive, you're quite right, James, that there was still either the complete indifference or that level of mistrust. And um, and that's also something, as you're quite right, to explore a little further. I think it's um it's it's possibly not even uh, a symptomatic of of the trust in your organisation. I think we've all signed up for um, marketing campaigns, or we've bought something in a shop, and we've been assured we won't share your personal details with anyone. And then you get an abundance of emails or texts or phone calls. Um, I think there's perhaps just a general um, level of you know a slight reluctance um, to provide personal details, despite assurances, because quite often your personal data can get into the, the wrong hands. And I think that's perhaps more an issue from what Kate was talking about, that if you don't have a company mobile, you're using your personal details, um, then I think perhaps that reticence is, is even you know, yeah. is even more amplified in that in that circumstance. Certainly from a personal perspective, I, I agree with that with external, um, you know, anything that I'm marketing in the public domain. What made me laugh, though, was the fact that actually the owner of this text messaging system was going to be HR, who had <laughs> personal contact details and more. So it yeah. just made me laugh that there was still that, you know, that, that level of mistrust. Sorry, Kate, I think you're about to say something. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think it's the medium as well. I mean, if I sign up my personal details, I don't, you can send me all the emails you want, but I think there is something very personal about a text um, still, even in, you know, even in this day and age. That yeah, I agree. I think, I, I think there is, some, you know, you expect that to be somebody that you know, whereas email, you've geared up for deleting. <laughs> the ones that you don't want but you know when your phone goes oh I've got a text and and, you know if that's work it's like "Mm." so I I do think I do think it's actually the medium as as well as potentially the the trust issue yeah because I think I don't know about you guys but I've set up a a separate email account for um, signing up to things because I know that Regardless of the of the terms and conditions that I've signed up to, um, or said I don't want to have you know uh, my email address shared with anyone else, it's going to happen anyway. So I've got a, a Yahoo account set up specifically to sign up for webinars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because um, you never know where your email address is going to end up. And every time I log on to that Yahoo account, there's another 30 pieces of marketing literature that have arrived. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's easier, I think, to set up um, an email, a separate email account than it is obviously to set up a a separate mobile account, so I think Kate's absolutely right. The medium's fairly key in that respect. One final uh, communication method that I want to talk about is, uh, and the emphasis is on the talk, is are you using audio at all in your organisation? Either as just as a recorded sound file or as something perhaps more structured and organised, such as a, as a podcasting series? Not, not podcast, but um, we, uh, we do a lot of webinars. Um, so I don't know if that fits into that kind of category, Craig. Um, but obviously, we're uh, with our virtual classroom solution that that we we've, we've got now, Cloudrooms. We're doing a lot more of that, and because we are quite dispersed, um, I think everybody's getting into the habit now of of just sharing and collaborating that way. Um, so it, it's not as formal as, as that, but that's something that. We've seen a massive leap forward in the time that I've been here in the level of use of that. And that's quite a short time, actually, isn't it? Yeah, six months, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, a, that, you know, that's a good increase in a very short period of time. What about yourself, James? Um, not internally, no. I mean, externally, we, we 
do a lot of um, interviewing, as I mentioned before, audio interviews with uh, interesting people and uh, leading thinkers in various fields. But internally, we, we haven't done it. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think perhaps it's something that we might explore a bit more uh, in, in the future. But you know, I, I'm thinking how we could how we could possibly use it for such a small company such as ourselves. And yeah. uh, I'm not really sure how, how we would do it. But you know, certainly just thinking about it. Now you've mentioned that it's such a quick and easy thing to do that everyone's got Audacity on their PCs. It'd be quite easy just to, you know, record a, a, some kind of audio file and send it off. But not at the moment, we're not, Craig, no. I feel, I'm sat here listening to you both and I feel like I've got this dirty, great big open wound on my arm. And every time you say something, you're just throwing a little bit more salt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rubbing it in. So we've got... We've that got, makes us feel very special. Thank you. <laughs> we've got James who's got an interactive intranet. He's got Audacity sat on every PC. Kate's wandering around willy-nilly with her flip camera out. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much for that. I'm hosting this podcast now. We are using audio, and it was a great idea of my um, of my department head, Neil. What he does is once a week, he's been doing this for three or four weeks now, once a week on a Thursday or Friday, he'll look at what's been going on on the site the previous week, any, any key issues, any new initiatives, any projects, anything in the news. He'll invite two, three, maximum of four people to just sit in a very, very quiet conference room, corner of the site somewhere, He's got one of these relatively expensive um, Zoom recorders. It, it's far more powerful and far more um, function, has far greater functionality than just a mobile phone, proper MP3 recorder. And he'll just have a 20 to 30 minute conversation with them. But he introduces, um, he introduces music into it. So he's got some absolutely awful, tenuous links with projects to you know top hits. Um, we were talking to a health and safety advisor the other day. So we had Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, some Top Gun. Oh, place. dear, dear. It's really, really tenuous. But the feedback from the, throughout the site has been really, really, really amazing. People like they People now know that on a Friday afternoon, probably over Friday lunchtime, for 20 or 30 minutes, they can stick their headphones in, listen to a real conversation, not a scripted intranet entry or a scripted email, but a real conversation happening in real time, with all the ums and airs and all the sniggering that goes on, listen to a bit of music. The only, the only thing we haven't got at the moment, and perhaps we haven't got the critical mass for this, but we don't have the ability to actually generate a true podcast. All we're doing is recording an MP3 file, putting it on a shared drive, and then linking to it from the intranet. So we don't quite have that functionality. Um, but again, maybe, maybe we haven't got the critical mass to, to demand that yet. So incredibly slick to do from start to finish we're probably talking about an hour from from when sitting down to having it published on the internet mm. so it's a, a very quick medium very quick medium thanks for that neil if he's listening <laughs> i'm sure he will be to make sure i'm not slagging anybody off yeah but i may suggest some uh some different approaches to his his, mu- his tenuous musical links then if he wants to run some ideas past us we can uh, set up a wiki or something with some ideas for songs yeah, good idea but we won't get access to a wiki so you're rubbing a bit more salt oh. there, thank you. <laughs> shall i just cut you off at this point or do you want to i think i think so yeah i don't want to be uh responsible for you injuring yourself as a result of this so uh. on that bombshell uh, is there any other communication methods that you're using within your organisation or you're planning to use or in an ideal world you'd like to use that we haven't sort of talked about that you, you, you want to have a chat about? Well, I, th- I think from 
from our perspective, um, I, I would like to look at Yammer um, with the sort of the buy-in that I've had for people internally regarding sort of Twitter and we use LinkedIn a lot. We have a LinkedIn group that stretches across external and internal, which works quite well. So Yammer is something that I would very much like to, to look at. Um, and I think things like the short videos that you've talked about, Craig, it's one of those things whereby once you've done one or two and you get into a routine of it, you know, it could, it could be really easy, really quick sort of win. I can think of lots of ways that we could we could use those um, and for my part there's you know there's still quite a lot I want to do with red space um, in terms of putting external links on there and just making it that much more interesting and that much more of a place to visit so if people are sitting down at their desk maybe having their lunch you know they actually want to go there because they know there's going to be something interesting and something regularly updated so, in it for them. yeah exactly you know I think it's going to be a bit like a website it's never going to be 100% finished. I'm never going to be able to sit back and say my work is done. But um, there's quite a lot still I want to do. So, But, you know, it's quite exciting. And, and I think what has been introduced since I arrived has gone down really well. So the more buy-in you get from people, the more traction you're going to get going forward. What's the future hold then, James, for your comms? Uh, I'm not entirely sure about the future. As I said, we were, you know... The editors have started exploring video, and they're now really quite adept at you know doing audio files. So um, what what we've actually done recently is we've set up an internal communications um, project team because what's happened, and even though we're a small company, we're still fairly dispersed in terms of what people are using. Sometimes, I mean, most people have really embraced Yammer, um, but some are still reluctant to let go of email. So when we send out announcements, sometimes. Um, they have to go on Yammer and email, which isn't very time efficient, really. So um, what um, we've done is um, there's, there's a team of three who are looking at our internal comms process, and they're going to make some recommendations um, on how we can take it forward. Um, so they might very well in incorporate some audio and video stuff in that. Um, we we did do something very informal with video, actually, at Christmas time I forgot about, um, where we, because it was Christmas time, it was a, it was a time to celebrate success, um, one of our editors actually filmed um, some news pieces. Just share with you, share with us what's your your best story, good practice for the year. And she cut that all together and she played it at the, uh, the 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 Christmas event. So that was quite a nice thing to do. So and it went down very well. Everyone was quite you know excited to see a different approach to you know celebrating success really. So you know that that's something they might very well look at. Um, so, yeah, it's, we, we're at a fairly um, interesting stage in our internal comms. Um, so, uh, again, it's a case of, you know, lots of ideas and it's just a case of bringing them all together now. Great. Well, I mean, best of luck with what you've got uh, going forward and best of luck with, with what you've got going forward, Kate. Um, we, we're thinking around Yammer. Um, I'm going to nip off now and wash this you know, wash this salt on my wound and give it a good, good, good cleansing out following this 45 minutes of torture you've endured me to. <laughs> Me through. Um, thank you ever so much for joining me today. Thanks very much, Kate. Thanks, Craig. Thanks very much, James. Thank you, Craig. Cheers, see you online. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.